Alrighty. How's it going, everybody? Hope you're having a good week. Welcome to CNR Geek Out. I'm your host, Robin, with my ever-trusted co-host, Carl. Carl, how are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Robin, we're going to talk about something that you and I have been probably playing, not together, but just playing in general for quite some time. Yeah, about a third of my life. <laughs> it's a little um, weird to say it that way, man. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Other games gets more depressing. Um, like I've been playing World of Warcraft for more than half of my life. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's let's get into. Uh, before we get into that, uh, any any big nerdy updates from you this week? Any cool thing you want to nerd out about before we get started? Oh man. Honestly, the only thing I've been nerding out about is basically what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Yep, same here. Um, I did get my my copy of Gloomhaven in the mail that I went from the uh, Frosthaven Kickstart. I also ordered the original Gloomhaven because I only played a friend's. I never owned it, and that friend moved to Texas. So I uh, wanted Sounds my like own a copy. terrible friend. Yeah, jerk. <laughs> getting a well-paying job and married ugh, to a woman in Texas. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a jerk. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm really excited, and I also picked up uh, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, which is a uh, kind of a, an entry point to Gloomhaven that comes with four characters, uh, very little setup, because all the maps are in a book, so you just open the book to whatever page your quest is on, mm -hmm. and there's your map that you set up. Nice. So, uh, and, and the four characters it comes with, you can then play in the regular Gloomhaven and Frosthaven when it comes out. So it, it really is like a, a persistent RPG experience that you don't need a dm for that auto plays itself basically and what what's really cool about that is you can play through jaws of the lion which has no character leveling up that gloomhaven does so in gloomhaven your characters can level up and you can you can you come it comes with little stickers that you can stick onto the cards to actually physically modify them so you know that this card now does this much damage yeah um so you can play th the kind of the recommended way to play is to play Jaws of the Lion to get everyone used to the combat flow and how that works and introduced to the city and the world. Because uh, Jaws of the Lion, I believe, entirely takes place within the city of Gloomhaven. Then you move into the Gloomhaven campaign and you get all these new starter characters that you can add to what you have with Jaws of the Lion and pick between all of them to start leveling. And as you play that game, you unlock more characters that are in sealed boxes so you don't know what they do there's just a symbol on the boxes so as you level up and everybody draws a card that's their secret objective and once you hit that secret objective it might be like earn this much gold um, complete this specific scenario buy this specific get this specific item uh, you have to turn in that card and retire that character and you unlock a new character interesting and so you then unlock that character and you start playing that character um, uh, I think you do. Uh, you might be able to choose another character. To, like you, you, you definitely unlock that character for the whole party, and then you have to choose a new character to start. Okay. But but I think I but most people just take the new character because it's fun. You you don't know what you're getting, and uh, so each character has a deck of cards that they that they play with, and and yeah. So that that's kind of how. How the game unfolds and then the idea is that once you've completed gloomhaven and frosthaven comes out you'll be able to use all the characters you've unlocked and all the characters from 
Jaws of the Lion in Frosthaven, plus Frosthaven comes with a giant cache of characters. Mm-hmm. So really, really a cool, persistent game world RPG uh, that doesn't require a dungeon master, so it's very accessible. You can play it solo to four players. Very highly, highly recommend the game. Uh, Jaws of the Lion, I think, is it's fifty dollars at Target, and is a great entry point just to see if you you'd like it. I I think you will if if you enjoy any kind of role playing game or card game, anything like that. You're gonna enjoy this. Nice. So, okay, um, yeah, let's get into the topic. So we're gonna be talking about League of Legends today, and the reason we're doing this now is because the group stage of league of legends is currently about a little over half finished where we're at and uh we're getting ready to see we're we're starting to see who's going to be the big players in the knockout stage unicorns of love will take it all definitely will (laughs) um and uh so i think i just today we're just going to kind of talk about this game that's been a big part of our lives and um you know, so if if League of Legends is definitely not your thing, sorry about that. Uh, next week we will not be talking about League of Legends. <laughs> um, but uh, if it's something you've heard about and don't know a lot about, maybe keep keep listening. You might find yourself interested. And uh, if it's something you love, well then tell us how bad we are as armchair analysts. Woo! So yeah, uh, where should we get started with this topic? Just in the game, I guess. And yeah. So, first off, I know how I would ex- describe this game. How would you describe League of Legends? Man, that's a question that's evolved over the years. I think I would say that League of Legends, I would I would describe it from its angle as an eSport. I don't think I'd describe it from its angle as a video game. Because okay. I think describing it as a sport is it's easier so it's a five versus five and this is in the main mode there are there are other modes um in the game but i'm going to describe the main one summoner's rift and it is a 5v5 hero brawler i guess in that there are five positions on each team that each you choose a role in that in that in, in of those five and then you play a role in the game so it's very similar to basketball, how you have the, the different roles that everyone's expected to do something specific to that role. So you have, I would describe that you have the top laner, the mid laner, the jungler, and then the bot lane and support player. And the mid laner is often defined by the current meta, but usually some kind of carry someone who can have a lot of impact on the game because being in the middle, they have the most potential to affect the other two lanes, the top and the bottom, because they can traverse the map easier from that position. The top laner uh, oftentimes is a kind of a, a brawler fighty champion that might not necessarily do the most damage, but will be able to control a fight really well. Uh, again, depending on the meta, this this can all change on who's doing well where. And then the jungler is in between all the lanes, running around and killing neutral monsters to level up. And their role is really impactful because you don't know where your enemy's jungler is unless you're using vision wards 
very well and you catch their path and see where they're going to be. So a jungler can turn the tide by showing up to a lane unexpected and giving assistance, turning a fight from either a 2v2 or a 1v1 into a 2v1 or a 3v2, which that extra body is really big. Uh, and the bot lane is pretty consistently a carry role that focuses on its auto attacks. So not, not as big of, of a deal as the spells that the mid lane and the top laners are using mostly, but it's just, you know, auto attacking and building items. So the bottom lane will scale better with gold. The mid laner and top laners usually scale better with levels. And then the support role is a, a the role that does the most without gold. They, they give all the gold to the AD carry that they're paired with in the bottom lane and their job is to support them because the AD carry is often a glass cannon. They will do a ton of damage, but they can't take a lot. So a support is going to have things like damage prevention, uh, crowd control to prevent enemies from getting close to your AD carry, initiation so that your AD carry can follow up, that kind of thing. Nice, nice. See, I'm, I'm going to take it from the approach of this is a game. And... A lot of people describe this as this is a MOBA, a massive online battle arena. I'm not about that. I'm not about calling this a MOBA. As someone who grew up with real-time strategy games, StarCraft, WarCraft, uh, Age of Empires, this is a real-time strategy game. It's a real-time strategy game, though, where unlike historically other real-time strategy games like StarCraft where you build an army with resources that you have and you micromanage their movements so you can overcome and overpower your opponents. This one is you can you only have to worry about controlling a single unit and it's a strategy game, but you have four other people also playing on your team trying to play the strategy game against five other people playing a strategy game. And the strategy is going to come down to what you... As you mentioned, you, there are roles that you can take, but in each of those roles you have champions you bring into those roles and you you build your strategy you play your game based on the character that you're going to be playing and the style you want to play that character in you can play characters in different various ways obviously there's going to be things that are more optimal than others those usually become fall into the term of meta but you can play the game your way just be aware that there are going to be people who are going to be like, you're not playing this game optimally, and they'll probably use more offensive words than that. But this is very this is, a, this is a strategy. It's a strategy game of five versus five, and you're trying to find the way to play the strategy as best as you can with your teammates to just destroy the enemy's base. Like that's basically the concept of the game. How can I outmaneuver my team? I'm outmaneuver my enemies and destroy them before they destroy me. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good way to put it. But um, the uh, the game is won, by the way, by clearing out the enemy's turrets that are standing in the way of each lane, and then eventually getting to the nexus at the back of their base and killing that. Yep, worth fifteen gold, by um, the way. Yeah, worth fifteen gold. Wait, <laughs> fifty or fifteen? Fifteen. It's oh, dirt okay. cheap. <laughs> Not worth. Important. The most important structure in the game is worth 15 gold. <laughs> yeah, it's also worth the victory, though, so, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's something. Balance. Yeah, um, yeah. so this game has gone through a lot of changes and a lot of updates, and uh, 
I've been following the competitive scene since the second season of the game, but I've been playing it since the first season. Um, and it was, I remember very vividly, I think I heard about it on a podcast called, it, it was a podcast called Tipoa, which is the incredible podcast of Amazing Awesome. That is a pretty niche little weird podcast uh, with uh, a guy I don't want to talk about now because he is been outed for doing some bad things so i don't want to give him any uh you heard it from there though you heard it from there yeah so that was where i heard about it and because it was a it was still a small indie game indie dev game at the time and uh, this guy was playing with the developers and and so he was kind of talking about this this new game that was free to play and i was like okay this sounds kind of cool and you know and i you know and for the time it looked fine it didn't look bad it looked fine for a free game this was before like there were a lot of like free games this is before there was the free-to-play games with microtransactions like everywhere i mean there were you know it, most of those were like exxon exxon mobile or not mobile but exxon was that the uh, game company uh nexon exxon exxon's the gas company yeah <laughs> i was like uh I, I know where you're going with this yeah nexon <laughs> that's right yeah not the gas company <laughs> Nexon was, you know, but but those were very pay to win, and this one wasn't. Like, you you could there were the only things that were like you know pay to win they've been removed from the game, which was runes at the time. Hmm. Um, you could buy runes, but I think you could also buy runes with by playing the game. Yeah, you can. So, but but they were expensive as hell. Yeah, runes and champions could be bought with the in-game currency. You get the in-game currency Mm -hmm. anytime you play the game. Sometimes you get it for as a login bonus. Um, the only thing that was only cash money was skips. rune and rune pages. Yes, additional rune pages. Additional rune pages. But you got like two. You got up to three. So you have the one by default, and then you can get two more for a total of right, three. Right, that's right. That can be p- bought with in-game currency. But then yeah. additional pages required you to make an investment with actual money. For the most part, though, you only needed two pages for the most part. Unless you're, yeah. and then the third page was for like that niche character that yeah. needed a very specific page. Yeah, and so it, you know, I never felt like I was super forced to spend money on the game. I mostly spent money on skins, and that's still mostly true. I've bought very few champions with actual money. It was mostly the only time I'd really do that is if a new champion came out that I was just like really wanting to play, and I didn't have the uh the points to buy it for free um but for the most part it was all of all of my champions were bought with in-game currency i have enough in-game currency now to buy like five or six of the new champions that have come out just by just from playing casually the way i do and there's a huge roster of champions and a lot of very affordable champions too so the champions are priced in different tiers so you there are there's a lot of them that are dirt cheap and there's several ways where there were i don't know if they're still around where you get free champions by like following their twitter page or liking them on facebook you know, i don't I know, don't if, know those if those are prom- still around if those promotions are still around uh, so one of them was if you were subscribed to their youtube channel you got i believe unchained alistair um, and yes. if you didn't own alistair you also got alistair <laughs> as part of the package deal. yeah and then it was if you liked their Facebook, it was I think it was like an Annie skin, but it was like for yeah. a very limited time. So I know that one's not available. 
Okay, and then there was there was a way to get Garen. Uh, that might have been Twitter. Yeah, Garen. I think was Twitter, and it was uh the Death Knight. I don't remember which one it was. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean there was you know there was nothing. Uh, so let's see. Also, don't sleep on the. So speaking of the champions in the different tiers, you know you got the entry level champions are low cost. You can unlock them permanently on your account after playing like three to four games real quickly. Um, don't sleep on those characters though, because a lot of those characters are still really good even in a professional scene. So, Ash being one of the cheapest characters you can get in the game, also oh, probably and- the character you try out it during the tutorial is really good (laughs) okay so this is funny so they still have all these bundles um so they now have they have uh the bot lane starter pack the jungle starter pack the mid lane starter pack the top lane starter pack and the support starter pack man when we started they didn't have starter packs (laughs) well there were they did there was the bundles because they still have the digital collector's edition bundle because you used to be able to buy this game at target but that's not a starter Um, pack that was not a bot lane jungle was not a thing when we started no jungle was something that someone came up with over in russia (laughs) and decided to stop everyone's face with it (laughs) yes um and so yeah there there are there are packs you can get that are super cheap like so they each pack costs 650 riot points which you can get for it, it's under ten dollars worth uh it's literally five dollars so you can get any starter pack for five dollars and each starter pack comes with six champions um and it's a very good value like they're not just they're not bad champions by any means um okay i'm sorry you get Oh, I, I looked at this wrong. You get three champions with each one and a skin for each one. Yeah. Is what it is. That's cool. So you get a skin, which is nice because, you know, it's fun to have skins for your favorite champions. Um, but still, for 650 Riot points, getting three champions that I'm seeing a lot of them on here are, you know, good and even meta. <laughs> um, so it's it's a good value. I guess is, is what I'd say. It's it's an easy game to get into. Um, you know, you pretty much get enough RP, I think, when you or uh, influence points or blue essence when you start the game, to just straight up buy a champion of the one of the lower tiers. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a rotating free to play list every week that you can try out these champions. Um, and so when this game came out, it was kind of it kind of kickstarted a lot of this idea of play the game to unlock champions or you can use the microtransactions to buy them but i've always felt that they've had one of the better microtransaction models because i do not like microtransactions in games mostly yeah. uh, i'm usually very put off by that fact um, i've been playing genshin impact this past week and I, i'm already starting to feel the the Oh God, this is going to get really bad. Uh, you know, it starts out, you know, not very bad or predatory, but eventually it's going to hit that wall of spending money to play the game. Yeah. And League of Legends never had that. You know, you could play the game as much as you wanted, without ever spending a dime, and unlock every champion. There was. I have definitely gotten to that point. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's never a you know there, there's no limit of well you've you know played your two games of the day so 
you know, pay money to continue progress. That's that's just not a thing. Yeah, I mean the only, you know, there's the first one of the day bonus, which most of the, most games have. You know, you or you played your first game of the day. Here's some additional essences. Yeah, yeah. Um, for it, but it never felt like it was inhibiting you. They've definitely evolved it to a way where it's easy to get essences in game currency now. <laughs> Well, yeah, now now when you level up, you get a champion capsule that gives you a shard of a champion. So you can either use that shard to test a champ the champion out, mm -hmm. you can combine it with other shards to unlock it, or you can just disenchant it into more free essence, which is what I do 99% of the time. Because, Or you could use it as a discount to unlock the champion, too. Yep. Uh, for a cheaper nice. price, but like since I own most of the champions, if I you know whenever I get one, I just turn it into blue essence, and it's usually a pretty sizable chunk of it too. Yep. Uh, yeah, like a collie, I have two of them sitting in here, and disenchanting is six hundred thirty essences, which is already a you know a, more than a fifth of the way to. Actually, it is exactly a fifth. It's a fifth of what a collie costs. Right. Um. And but so, if you use the shard, it's almost it's like fifty two percent of what she costs to unlock her that way. So there is a it's like gaining these shards. It's a, a one of the discounted ways you can still get things in game without spending money. And I right. think that was such a that was a good approach. They used to have I think they got rid of it. They used to have a thing where you could uh, re roll three champion shards into a permanent champion. Uh, but then they realized there was a lot of people who all they had to do was just wait for the next champion to come out, and then they just re-roll three shards that they just yeah. are sitting on. You can still do that with skin shards, though. Yes, you can still do that. Which is really shards. cool. I've gotten some very good skins that are were much more valuable than the shards I was putting in. Yes. Uh, there doesn't seem to be much of a limit on what those can be. So, so, there, so yes, there are ways to unlock skins for free with their loot boxes that you get from doing well so you can get how many times is it a week if you get s ranked in a game uh i believe up three? to three uh, you can get up to three chests every time yeah so you can get three chests a week and then you can also get key fragments by getting honored by your team after a game and you put those three key fragments together and you can unlock a chest and the chest will have essence and shards and stuff like that and so you can unlock the skins for free too which i always thought was really cool once they added that, that even skins are no longer barred behind a a permanent paywall. Nope, it's uh, only barred by getting good. By getting good and getting lucky. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah. So let's talk about the world championship now. Okay. Um, so, what which world is this? What number is this? Number ten, exactly. Exactly ten, man. Yeah. So this is the tenth world championship. And from the esports side of things, I think this game is really fun to watch because they have the money to create a great production. Um, you know, looks like nearly on par with what e what's, what ESPN does for things like football and basketball. They have a casting staff. They have the desk. They have replays. Um, they have they have big name sponsors, and they really create a cool sports experience and. Believe it or not, I was not nearly as into sports before I got into League of Legends as an eSport. I could kind of care less about sports, but 
learning to watch League of Legends as an esport actually like opened a lot of doors to me watching basketball and football and cycling and uh, the, those are the the sports that I follow the most. And so it's 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 really cool that that's possible yeah. to as a gateway into sports is by watching people play a video game you can relate to. And the other cool aspect of it compared to pretty much any other sport is what other adult plays the sport they watch? Like pretty much none. You you know, uh, you might have a little pickup game of basketball with a friend one-on-one, but like, you know, I could log in right now and play a competitive game of League of Legends just like I'm watching on the stream and watching on the world stage. That is the same rules, the the same champions. Um, it's just with nine other random people instead of, you know, in person with a team that I play with every day. And there's something really cool about being able to just like play a one-to-one example of what the pros are. Yeah, I I completely agree. I I've, I've watched other sports. I uh, I am a big fan of like tennis. I'm a big fan of soccer, but League of Legends. And following that scene, uh, pretty much from the very beginning, I remember seeing some of their early production because esports really took off beginning ten years ago, where people were and there was competitions there, in in uh, the West. Yeah, in the West, uh, but and it it became definitely more global at once the West started buying into what you know Korea had already been doing this. Korea already had a foothold on this. They had a whole thing dedicated to StarCraft. And then when League of Legends came, it actually overtook StarCraft. So, Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. And you you also can't deny that the West's influence raised the value, raised the production value especially. Yeah. So I remember watching... So I remember I was what was happening was me and my friends were playing Call of Duty, just rotating out, in and out on the couch. And one of my other friends had his laptop open to a bunch of different streams and he we were originally watching a fighting game stream and then he he found out about a league of legends stream that was going on and it turned out it was the first world championship for league of legends which was basically just a tournament held in, at dreamhack in rises basement or whatever or freak's basement at, as they as they jokingly call it yes freak's basement <laughs> um although it was at, it was at dream it was at dreamhack uh, the yeah. setup was just very very bad like you you knew this was the yeah, first time they just, were trying to do this. No, it looked like a, a hotel room had been rented out and yeah. cleared out, and they shoved some computers in there. And they just, you know, the, all they had was, like, the window curtains closed behind them. They were scrunched up together on yeah. a tiny little desk with one laptop. And, yeah, I remember yeah. this happening, but I wasn't following the eSport at the time. And so, like, I was kind of like, oh, okay, like, this must be just, like, the big tournament for this game. But, mm-hmm. you know it was they they upgraded dramatically quick yeah. like between two, seasons one and two yeah so pretty much second season is when they're like hey let's just get a studio i mean that's basically what happened they earned enough profits from their free-to-play game <laughs> they earned enough profits from their pizza-footed to, game to get us you know start hosting at least in the west and eventually uh, other uh, when they were able to start uh, standing up servers in other regions, they were able to get them right. their own studios. It was yeah. incredible that's, to see that's that. The, that's, oh, yeah. And that's the thing. is The first championship was not 
they don't call it the world championship because it was only Europe really and North America. <laughs> yeah. So they call, I think they call it the season one championship. They call they, it season one, <laughs> but they, they yeah. leave the word world out of it because Koreans were playing on North American servers because it was the closest way for them to get the lowest ping. China so, didn't even have a connection. <laughs> yeah. China, China couldn't play. Um, it, you know, so it's it's this crazy kind of story. You know, it's funny to go if you go back and watch a lot of like really old vods of pro players streams. Oh you'll see God. you'll see like Insec playing in NA, like just like I... as a player. And and for those you know who don't follow League of Legends, Insec was one of like the original great players of a specific champion named Lee Sin. He he coined a, a move. He has a you know, just like in any sport, he has a move named after him because he was the first person to do it. And he's a he's a Korean player and was very good, but he was because the only way you could play in Korea was on North American servers. So he's playing with all these North Americans, but he couldn't play professionally because there was no no league then. Yep. Yeah, it th- there's other names that pop up uh, for those who follow League of Legends. You have X Peke for whenever someone sneaks back into the enemy's base without them knowing and you take down the enemy's inhibitor, uh, they call mm-hmm. it the back door of the XPK. Um, if you get insect. just mercilessly destroyed top lane without jungler support, it's getting direst. Yep, getting like direst. It, like, I say that it's not a joke. Like, that literally happened a couple weeks ago was uh, a team a team was playing and, and they're, they just repeatedly ganked and killed the top laner and the the other team did not respond they never sent their jungler to defend him so he just got camped which happened to a very famous north american player in uh i think it was season four season five it happened a lot (laughs) but 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 the 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 time i'm thinking of was when uh i think they were playing was it g2 i think no Hmm, not g2 no, 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 no. no fanatic it was Fnatic when they had Huni, because Huni played Cassiopeia top oh. against Dyrus <laughs> and just mercilessly killed him. And there I was mean, a there's kind a, of what Huni Huni's just an aggressive player though. Yeah, but but the you know a, a quote came out of that where Dyrus said, "I just want to play League of Legends," and like he, yeah, he couldn't play League of Legends because he was just getting spawn killed basically every time he came back. And another term is flame horizon the flame horizon the that's flame a good horizon, one. Oh, which was, you don't that was such you don't a good hear term it as by much Monte Cristo and doa that was such a good term because so and the reason why you don't hear it as often is because it doesn't actually happen as often it's anymore. it's hard it's, quite, it's a lot it's, harder and i think that makes it even better because a flame horizon is basically so the, there was a player named flame in korea he was a top laner and he was just so good at bullying his opponent and while also gaining farm which is killing the enemy's uh, minions that he would be over 100 creeps above his opponent so if you have 15 he's got 115 on him yep and it was disgusting that's how he would solo carry a game is that he would end up being so fed by farming better than everyone else that he actually just has the income to beat everyone yeah it's so much harder to do it now yeah, no, you almost can't. The game has changed a lot. Um, and the players have changed a lot, too. The players have changed. They've gotten better. Um, you know, there's there's a, a running joke in League of Legends that, you know, NA is, is a terrible region. Uh, 
there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, one of the reasons is NA prioritizes the lifestyle of being a pro player over actually being a pro player. That's one reason. Two, we have one of the smallest recruiting bases. Uh, the, the North American server is notoriously small compared to Europe and China and Korea. No one touches there China. Are, they got a huge player base. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, China has like seven or eight servers or something. They have they they, China has servers that are exclusively for Diamond Plus players, like yeah. high Diamond and above players. And there and there are there's one of them that's known as like the pro server, where you only want to play on that server if you're really good, because you won't do well otherwise. And so it's uh, EU has two servers. Um, and that for their, just their main, they have other servers too in some of the smaller regions, but um, there's EU West and... <laughs> EU West? Yeah. Uh, and then so, EU East. <laughs> and EU East, which is the, the more competitive one. Um, EU West is known for being very toxic and trolly. Well, that's also because North Americans on the East Coast sometimes just hop onto that one. <laughs> oh, is that is that what happens? Yeah. Uh, but it's not because the North American players are trolling them. It's that that's the the players in that server are mostly playing for fun in a way gotcha. like they're playing to, they're playing to win but they're try, they're not being super they're not playing meta they're not I being like saying. i'm gonna play tank garen no i'm gonna play ap garen and this is a character who doesn't use ability power and at anything <laughs> do you uh do you know how many servers korea has i do not i've never heard but anyways so, so North America um, has never won a world championship. Um, EU won the first world championship, but like I've said before, that wasn't all of the world. Fanatic. That, yeah, it was. It was fanatic, and they they won the first championship, the first season championship. championship. Yeah. But the the first real world championship was won by a uh, a non major region. What would be considered today as a non major region. Yeah, LMS, right? Yep. Am I, is it? Yeah, it's LMS. Um, yeah, it's, well, the, yeah. At the time, they weren't technically called no, the LMS, they, but they yeah. they are now what is part of the LMS. Right. Um, the the Taipei Assassins, and I remember yes. watching this tournament. So going into this tournament, I had I had watched a little bit of Korea. I I knew that the Taipei Assassins were dangerous just because I was watching enough of the analysts and streamers and podcasts to to hear their name and there's a there's a narrative that like oh nobody knew that taipei assassins was this good but that's not true like if you were i guess if you if you were just tuning in blind and, and weren't following the esport that might be true because you'd think they're not from korea or uh eu but i definitely was aware of them but nobody knew how dominant they would be uh Dude, i think toys. At, at, yeah. yeah yeah so going into it my money was on the russian team moscow five most uh, people had their money these, on moscow these... five <laughs> yeah and so like like the most common well it was either them or azubu right like that was like what yeah, azubu frost uh what uh, that's what people were saying were the two two greats and uh moscow five unfortunately we never got to see them play against tpa taipei assassins the eventual winners but uh they dismantled azubu yeah. um and 
it was a really exciting thing to watch, like to see these these people playing this game that I was playing at such a high level and doing things I couldn't even wrap my head around how they were doing it. Like it was nuts, man. It was nuts. And it was really cool, Riot. Then like the next year they came out with a set of skins to to honor the world champions. Yep. And I bought that skin pack. I remember very vividly like I want to own this because I watched that event and that was super cool and I was like super super into the whole thing even though you know my team uh my my favorite team did not do anything at worlds which was was Dignitas and uh that is a <laughs> oh Dignitas that that is a trend that has lasted ever since um Baron never fails that was that was was it which tournament was it that Dyrus leaked the strat? Was it World Season 2, or was that an IEM or something? Which strat? Sorry, I'm trying to think about it. Do you remember that? Uh, it was the, the roaming support Taric that Dignitas had up their sleeve, and they had scrimmed against TSM. Oh, with it. And, yeah, that, and that was... Was that okay. Worlds? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And so Dyrus, like, leaked it to the other teams on accident. He didn't do it intentionally. He's not a malicious per- Like, I, I absolutely believe Dyrus when he says, I did not mean to. It was, you know, he... These are kids that have never been in the professional environment like this. They're not raised to be... They weren't raised to be athletes. They weren't a part of it. And so, yeah. you know, he was just saying, like, man, like, Dignitas has this crazy sick strat of... And who follows... How was he going to know someone followed his Twitter? <laughs> like well wasn't it was it on twitter that this happened i, I think right. it was i i, I want to say it was a twitter post i thought it was a conversation but i don't remember it was so it, it came ago. up somewhere but it's it was 2011 time, it was like, <laughs> who would have thought that the competition would have been guess, right keeping an eye out for that <laughs> yeah and uh so so they dignitas went with this strat and got dismantled the other team was ready for it and they had prepared for it and so mm-hmm. they never got to execute it and they got knocked out really early yeah um and you know, and Dyrus has gone on record saying, "Hey, like, you know, people." The the common thing was, well, Dignitas wouldn't have won this game anyways, because I think it was against like Saigon Jokers or something, some team like that. It's like, oh, Dig wouldn't have won that anyways. And Dyrus was like, "Dude, no, like, this strat was like, if you didn't know it was coming, was seriously like tilting. Like, you, you know, if you were if you're ready for it, it's not a big deal. But if you didn't know it was coming, like, that but strat that is, was gonna that is definitely you. the earliest." point that i can remember of what is considered almost standard today of the roaming support yeah for sure like it was hugely innovative um supports didn't leave lane like you were pretty much glued to your 80 carry <laughs> you babied the hell out of that guy <laughs> right and dignitas had a very good 80 carry uh one of the best in the region uh i'm a cutie pie oh yeah, yeah. and you know he could handle himself well enough that they could send uh what was the guy's name? Was it Bloodwater? No, it was before Patoy. It's definitely not Kiwi Kid because no, he's a top no. laner still. Yeah, Kiwi Kid did, didn't join Dig until season three as a top laner. Um, gosh, he he dropped off of League of Legends pretty early, I think. Um, pretty soon after that, because uh, I think they got Patoy in season three. Maybe it was Patoy, and I'm just crazy, but. Um, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was like a big. There was a big scandal around it uh, of a strat getting leaked, Locust. and Locust—that's the name—of um, this strat getting leaked, yeah. 
And it was one of the first, like, you know, big scandals of the sport that, you know, this happened. And uh, so so that was season one. Season one ended with with Hong Kong uh, winning it all with with the Taipei Assassins. And now we need to talk about season three. Probably the most important season now, for what? for the the development of future esports in League of Legends. Now, are we going to talk about the season three and remember where they just blasted a bunch of K-pop music videos on us, or are we actually <laughs> going to be a little serious about this? <laughs> no, we're going to be serious about this. Okay, okay. <laughs> they uh, season three gave rise to the Michael Jordan of League of Legends. And I say that without irony, ESPN has written articles on this guy. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's a player by the name of Faker. Carl, why don't you tell us a little bit about Faker's rise to the OGN, which was the Korean professional scene? Well, there was this small little Asian kid, and his first name was Lee. There's a lot of Lees out there. So, real talk, Faker is was... Pretty much like a pub star in the public realm of League of Legends in Korea, he was at the top of the ladder. Like if he wasn't number one, he was in the top three contenders. If he wasn't number big... one, Dopa was. Yeah, if if he wasn't number one, it was Dopa or Apto, which is still Dopa. Uh, but Faker was this aggressive mid laner. He played flashy assassins in the mid lane. P- people in the server were nicknaming him the Unkillable Demon King. Because they would try to surround the surround him, and they would still lose the fight, and he would get out alive. It's like, we can't kill him, and we don't know why, and he kills us. And so SKT is, uh, South Korea Telecom is a company in Korea where they formed a League of Legends team. And in Korea, you had two teams. SKT T1 was known as Terminator, nicknamed, because... It was a team of pup, of pub stars that were good at the game and good at what they did for their role. You had Impact in the top lane. You had Bengi in the jungle. Faker leading the charge in the mid lane. Pooh Mandu at support. And Piglet and um, AD Carry for the 100 uh, acre lane. Faker was a monster mechanically. At the time, there wasn't many players that were mechanically as good at the game as he was and understood the mechanics of items in the game as well as he did. The only other player during that time was probably Uzi, or Uzi as many people refer to him as, from China. And it was just... It was poetic to see him play. For Oh my god. It was just amazing to see him play. But really, that team, SKT... T1 was a scary powerhouse in season three, specifically, even when they were knocked down. Specifically T1K. Yes, specifically because, T1K. I'm because sorry. The, the second team was T1S, which at the beginning of the season was projected to be the better team. Yes. That, that was the sure thing. Uh, players who had played before, and they organized the team around them, as opposed to what you described as the, the pubs. Like, you know, and... Uh, the, so the, the interesting story about that world championship is SKT did not win the championship in Korea. Nope. They lost to Najin Sword, 
which is another legacy team from Korea. Um, and, you know, they had very famous players. And there was, I remember even at the time, there was this big question of, did SKT lose that series on purpose? Because if the the winner of that that game got a bye from the through the first stages of Worlds, so they got to immediately to the quarterfinals. I quarterfinals, think. yep. Straight uh, the quarters. So they didn't have to play through the group stage. And so that was, you know, normally seen as a good thing. You know, you're guaranteed a, a spot in the quarters. Like that's awesome. Uh, but SKT had been so dominant, and then they they lost to Najin. And then they get, got into the group stage, along with the other team people were saying was the other best team from Korea, which was uh, Samsung Ozone. Was that, were they Samsung Ozone? No, the it time? was, uh, they were, uh, it was Samsung Galaxy. Were they the colors? I think it was Samsung Ozone. You know, it's been a while. We gotta look this Actually, up. Actually, I don't think it was Samsung. Pause as we download this information anonymously. Right. Um, uh, oh, you, you were correct. Samsung Ozone. Yeah, Samsung Ozone. And uh, who was I that? I think they kept calling them Ozone, and that's why I just took off the Samsung part. Yeah, so what? who was that mid laner? Oh, for Ozone? Yeah. Um, it was... Was, bef- was it before Pawn, or was it Pawn? Oh, yeah, it was before Pawn. Yeah. They had... Oh, where is it? There's the former. No, that's Dade. Wait, was it Dade? No, it wasn't Dade. No, 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 it wasn't Dade. Um. This is great radio, guys. Oh, man, what's his name? Because they had Dandy in the... Was it? I don't think it was Dade. It doesn't seem like... Wait, 2013. There we go. Oh, um, I guess it was Dade. Okay, it was Dade. Yeah. So, Riot has had this this issue looming over their heads ever since of m- releasing a major meta-changing patch right before uh, the World yep, Championships. Yep, yep. And people were saying that Dade might be the best mid laner, more so than Faker. But then this meta shift happened, and Dade was not good on the champions that were boosted to the top of this meta. Gross. And so... So uh, Ozone got knocked out in a tiebreaker against Gambit, the former Moscow Five team. Uh, they they were rebranded and new sponsor to be Gambit Gaming. And so then then you get into the uh, the brackets, the knockout stages, and you have uh, SKT end up, ends up beating. The LMS representatives, the Gamania Bears. Yeah, the Gamania Bears. Yeah, the Gamma Bears. Uh, Najin Black Sword beats Gambit two to one. Starhorn, or I guess they weren't Starhorn at the time, but just Royal Club. Uh, two... Royal never gives up. Yeah, well, Royal Club, yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah, it was before then. Uh, Royal Club beat the other Chinese team, OMG, two zero, and Cloud Nine lost to Fnatic two one. Uh, which meant the semifinals were a replay of the Korean championships, SKT mm-hmm. versus Najin, and SKT won this one three to two. So I don't know if they it got 
got dicey. It got really dicey. So, so I don't necessarily believe that they did throw the game in the championships. I think, I think Najin was that good of a team and Royal beat Fnatic three to one and Royal Royal had a great lineup at this, at this, this, this tournament. They had, uh, uh, what was the top laner? Godlike. Yeah. Uh, who was considered the best top laner in the world. Um, they had, uh, who was, it was the, the Annie support player. Uh, oh, uh, oh gosh. I love that guy. Yeah. He's great. Um, um, Tabe. Ta- yeah. Tabe. Um, Uzi as their AD yeah, carry, Uzi. who at the time was probably the only other player as mechanically, mechanically good at the game as Faker. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so this was a really good team. Like, you know, probably the third best team at the tournament after Najin. I'd have to wager because SKT three owed them. They didn't give up a single game in the finals after taking after Najin took them to five games. It was and kind of disappointing. This, yeah, they just they banned out. Uh, what, what was it? They so they banned Annie and then they picked away Godlike's best best champion from him. I don't remember who that was at the time. Um, um might have been yeah i can't remember Jax i know they something. forced him onto uh, i know in the final game they forced him onto kennen which yeah. he was a good kennen but then they just like camped the hell out of him <laughs> yeah and and this was the beginning of faker being the michael jordan of league of legends and you know i i say that but like i mean it like he is he is that good of a player um but the team around him was was it seems like it's always been in flux of their these very good players that don't necessarily mesh enough because they've ne- have they ever did they win back to back worlds their second and third time they they won so yeah so, so yeah. they won in 2013 they then they, they didn't make it in 2014 correct and then they won in 2015 and 2016 and they made it back to the finals in 2017 right and so this is you know, so Faker has now been, he is three-time world champion. Uh, and all three of those times were with uh, his jungler, Bengi. The, as, you know, because Faker became this legend, the unkillable demon king, uh, Bengi became known as the right hand of God. <laughs> like, uh, like that was that was his, his title and role because what was amazing is Bengi was you know, especially later on, was never considered to be one of the best junglers in the world. You know, no. there were always he was very, very smart. Though. He was very smart, and he and it was his synergy with Faker that boosted him up to that that status of being so good to the point where they put him in the last time he won Worlds, and you know he played a champion he had never played professionally and was absolutely disgusting on it. But it was it was that synergy, and he is retired now, and Faker has yet to win another world championship since then, because um, Faker has two, three world championships under his belt and two uh, MSI championships under his belt, which is the midseason Invitational, which is a much smaller tournament that tries to focus the best teams of each region into one tournament, which uh, was not held this year due to COVID nineteen. Um. But it, uh, you know, it's 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 a, a significant tournament uh, to win for sure. Yeah. 
So yeah, that Faker has won the world tournament with three ver- different variations of his roster, and with made it to a fourth finals with a fourth iteration of the team, and that one was the probably the biggest shakeup as well, because it was a uh, yeah, that was huge. Yeah, it was like a brand. They were trying to be aggressive, kind of like how they were originally. Korea's kind of the Korea scene is known for being the calculating. We will we will suffocate you out of all your resources kind of region. But they're also very yes. good at team fighting. But then there's China, where we're going to fight you, even if it doesn't make sense. We are going to fight. They right. are the fighting region. China China been... goes all in on the fights and it's it's almost like an animal mentality of like well if you've got me cornered I'm going to fight back with everything I have rather yeah. than what the other regions will do is they'll try to disengage even if it means like maybe losing one player if the rest of the team gets out cool China banks on you making a mistake before them and mm-hmm. being able to turn the tides Yeah and then you get Europe Europe is the experimental region uh and I say this as by just by comparison of other regions, they're willing to try something dramatically different. Like when Fnatic introduced the Fnatic brush, which was basically, you know what? We're going to sit in this bush for five minutes <laughs> until someone is just unfortunate enough to walk up to this thing and we're going to murder them. And then we're going to do it again. Yep. And NA is the fourth. And I want to talk about NA. So in in light of Worlds uh, 2020, the 10th Worlds, NA has never at Worlds really shown up well. They've had teams that should have, that on paper should should have gone deep, if you know, if not win, you know, but they should have gone deep into the into the tournament, and they don't show up. Mm -hmm. Uh, the The best the best international result North America has ever had was at the Midseason Invitational last year when Team Liquid made a miracle run defeating the world championships or the world the, the former the last year's world champions uh, Invictus Gaming they beat them 3 to 1 in a in a best of series convincingly like it, you know it was it was they were fair games that Team Liquid played very well and then lost to Europe in the finals where Europe that same path had to defeat Faker and SKT so you know, that was the best international result NA's had, uh, and it's a very legitimate one. I've seen people try to argue that it was a fluke, but I don't care. If you if you unseat the world champions at, at a international event, you know, six months after the world championship, it's a legit it's a legit victory. It was they beat them three times out of four. So you can't you know, you can't take that away from them. But that but aside from that, North America the only the only other anything North America won was I think it was was it the the IEM that TSM yeah. uh, beat? Uh, who? What was that team called? Uh, the LMS Rocks? team? No. Oh, the LMS team. The um, Flash Wolves. Yeah. The, the Yoey Flash Wolves or whatever they're called. Yep. Um, I missed that team. They were a good team, and it, that was also a hard field. It wasn't, you know, World Championship hard, but it was TSM beat good competition to get that title, in yeah. in that that tournament but aside from that north america has not done well and you know right now we're looking at at worlds and 
the the third North American team, Team Liquid, uh, will not advance to groups, even though they went three one three three in their groups. They beat every other team once, and they're still yeah. they're still not going to get out of groups. Team Solo Mid, the first seed, it looks like they're probably going to go one five, uh, unless something drastically changes. And FlyQuest, the second seed, no one expected them to win because they're in a very, very difficult group. <laughs> they are in a very difficult group. <laughs> uh, prob- they, that is, it's probably the most difficult group for, for a team to get placed into. Uh, so they've already exceeded expectations going one and two. Um, but it's uh, it kind of kind of sucks as an NA fan uh, when you you see these teams consistently perform you know poorly and especially when we just watched team liquid absolutely stomp through the play in stage so we team liquid is you know north america is objectively better than the minor regions but we are the worst of the major regions yeah and the thing that sucks for team liquid i think they proved that they have the ceiling to get out of their group the unfortunate yes. thing was that a even though they beat G2 the first time, G2 corrected their issues and Team Liquid could not keep up in that rematch. But Team Liquid showed we can take down Sooning. They beat us, they stomped us the first time. We're going to do the same thing back to them. They shouldn't have on paper. They shouldn't have lost to Machi Esports. But they still did. And so when they got the rematch, they got the show we are better than what we showed last week. Yeah, and I and think it's unfortunate they don't get they don't get to make it out. But that is a team, I for as a North American, that's a team I can't wait to see for next year. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, don't forget they beat G two, which were are you know one of the tournament favorites, if not one of the first two or three tournament tournament favorites this year. I think they're in the top five considerations. Yeah, I think I'd put them top five, but I think I'd also put, you know. Damwon ahead of them, Genji. Damwon, JDG, top JDG, esports. Top. Jeff, definitely strong because uh, the thing about JD Gaming yeah. and top esports from China, JD Gaming won spring over top in a five game series, but then in summer, top beat JDG in another five game series. Yeah. So they just swapped and it's scary. Right. I think, I think, I think Damwon, Genji, top. And JDG are are all probably fa- I would put them as favorites ahead of G two, especially going by the G two we've seen at Worlds. I have not been impressed mm-hmm. with the G two we've seen at Worlds, especially compared to last year, where where G two was very strong. And there, so there was a photo that <laughs> LOL Esports put on their Instagram, and it was so there was the clip. Uh, it was a screenshot of when Smeb with his Ken and Ult just destroyed G two. There was a screenshot of when uh, uh, Fun Plus Phoenix, uh, the Lee Sin kick, through the G2 team. Uh, there was a screenshot of this year where Sooning smashed uh, smashed G2 in their game. And I forgot what the fourth clip was, which was from... Pretty much the whole identity was, why always G2? <laughs> it's just, why do they always get slammed by these, by these Chinese teams? I don't know, man. You know, I mean, that was that was a joke last year when, uh, uh, they when they drew SKT in MSI and North America drew China, 
and yeah. that it, there was a there's a joke going around that it this is the best result they can get well yeah and that if it had been reversed <laughs> if china had gone to g2 and korea had gone to na that the finals would have been china versus korea because <laughs> yeah, yeah because north america can't defeat korean teams and china can't or uh europe can't defeat chinese teams yeah and another comparison between the regions is that if you were to pick two regions to have the uh, similarities in their play styles. NA is like the weak ver- weaker version of Korea, and LEC Europe is the weaker version of China. But we've shown that Europe has shown that they can actually go toe to toe with China on their good days. Yeah, they can. Um, so the I don't know. To me, to me, I don't see G two making the finals. I don't see them honestly getting past quarters unless they get a very lucky draw. I think there's a higher chance that they they end up against one of the teams that they really don't want to here's the thing now damn one gaming scary for sure but if g2 draws themselves into damn one gaming in the quarterfinals i could see that being a four game series um i will heavily lean towards damn one gaming winning for sure unless something happens this week where damn one gaming they still look good but they just don't look great then i'd be concerned that g2 actually could beat them if they got matched up because yeah. G2 is one of those teams where, like, G2 ten, it's like, it's like a slum. They're like a slumbering giant, where there's like a moment in time where all of a sudden all the players just like wake up and just play at their ceiling for the entire day. But then there's, on average, it's like only one or two players are playing at their ceiling, and then the others are warming. It's, by comparison to what their ceiling is and what they're playing at, they're revving up. Right. Wait, wait. Did you say that was Damwon or G2? G2. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, Damwon's always firing all. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there's a meme going around. It always has gone around uh, about their mid laner, Caps, and that some days you get claps where he claps the opponent, and some days you get craps where he does not. Um usually He's been pretty clappy so far usually it's in between it's it's more just you know caps um but you know we've all seen the games where where he doesn't and and that's the difference is consistency because this whole year damwon has looked absolutely dominant in korea the which is the hardest region there's you know korea and china you can flip a coin most years as to which one's the harder region uh but you know, there were the the fact that SKT did not even make it to the tournament. I think is a testament to the strength of Korea because SKT looked very good yeah. this year, and uh, they they just didn't quite cut it against uh, Jinji and Damwon and uh, DRX. Yeah, thank you. Um, so there's a lot of good mid laners now. It, it, because there's always been years in Korea where it's like, is Faker still the greatest mid laner of all time? And then it's like SKT for a while just like would always be in like the top two. Then it kept dropping down as more and more teams as a whole started becoming better. Right. And you're seeing mid laners like Gen G's BDD has historically actually had better performances over Faker. Um, you have Damwon Gaming and uh, DRX's uh, mid laner, Showmaker and Chovy, who are. Both very young mid laners, by the way, yep. who just 
they hit the scene and showmakers like if you just took faker's peak for his mechanical skills and that's the only thing you took away from faker that's showmaker right and then if you took faker's insight and experience and put it into one player that's chovy yeah i would i would still make the argument that yes faker is the greatest mid laner of all time without question of all time yes and i also would argue that he's at the same level he's always played at Um, i don't think he has declined i just think that other people are at his level now because he will still make plays that i'm just like what was that like how is that possible how was your reaction time he will how do you come back from a ten thousand gold (laughs) deficit exactly and you know the other difference is that back in season you know three through five you could carry the game on one person you could have a mid laner that did so well that it didn't matter how bad your other team the rest of your team was doing that that mid laner could influence the game enough to win it outright and you can't do that anymore that is not a viable strategy to have the one man carry not saying it doesn't happen occasionally but it can no longer be the team strategy yeah Um, it can't be the team strategy and it only can occur on very selective chance the the last time i saw it happen was was at worlds and it was uh power of evil playing syndra in in the game that FlyQuest won where yeah. the team was doing horrible their top lane was getting direst the entire time and power of evil just said i'm gonna do i'm gonna fight through hell to carry this team and he freaking did it was it was a great performance um and when I say that, when I say you can't do it anymore, I'm not talking about having a team that does fine and then one player goes off. Like, that happens all the time. But when you have a team that's actively losing and one person just steps up and goes, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do the work myself, that's what you don't see anymore. That does not really happen, except in rare cases. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas whereas Faker, Faker in, in, the, in his prime, in his early days... He would destroy entire teams. It was it was disgusting. Yeah, it it is definitely interesting. Another thing that's interesting about this world is that the Western teams have more, what you would consider legacy team names, than the Eastern teams. So for Western teams, you got Fnatic, you got. Uh, Team Liquid, which was formerly Curse, you have t- uh, Team Solo. Well, but remember the the Western teams are all franchised now. Korea's not. Yeah, but the thing, with, but also with Korea, is like the top teams in Korea were still relatively always the same teams, minus the Rocks Tigers because of issues. <laughs> but it wasn't the Rocks Tigers right. players' fault. Like that was a whole different. That was like a whole business and political thing um, going on there. But for like. For China, the only team in from that came to Worlds from China that had previously made a Worlds appearance was LGD. Yeah. And that was in 2014, man. Yeah. And then for Korea, DRX as an organization has only been to Worlds a couple times. Um, Damwon Gaming, this is literally their second year. Yep. Um, Gen G, formerly uh, uh, Samsung Galaxy. Um, it's the only historical uh, team from that region. Yeah. 
Yep. And but, but they have a brand new logo and their brand new organization basically. Right. So it was like, <laughs> it's not the same. No, I see what you mean. Yeah. No, it's definitely true. Um, and I, I guess the the point I was trying to make is that we're not going to see North America or Europe change at least much. Um, I don't know, man. We got Rogue and uh, formerly Mad Lions until they got knocked out. No, I, I know, but I mean, uh, in terms of the team names are going to stay from from here out. Yeah. Uh, because because they're franchised, uh, unless you know what happened with uh, like Dignitas acquiring uh, who was it? Who did they acquire? Uh, they acquired. Um... Oh, great! Now you're going to make me think. Clutch. Clutch. Yeah. Um, just the, the team names aren't going to change. Um, yeah. And, uh, man. But which teams make it to Worlds? Will well, it still be TSM? TSM hasn't Will been we here still in see three team years. This is the first time TSM's been back. Team Liquid's the only team that's been consistently coming recently. That's here now. FlyQuest is a miracle run. I mean, I don't mean that as in, their, they, you know, how did they do it? I mean, just this whole season, they've played very well after, you know, having very poor teams in the, in the past historically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's a good thing to have these shakeups and I, I, I'd much rather not see the same teams every year at worlds. I think that's a much more interesting I sport, agree. just like in football, you have, you know, you, you might have teams that go on a little run for several years, but because the, the balance you know i think football might be the the most well-balanced professional sport because of the the strict enforcement of salary caps and the way drafting works that you know being the the skill difference between the worst team in the league and the best is much smaller than i think probably any other sport whereas in league of legends you know the skill difference between damn on gaming and the worst professional team is is just night and day you know that team will never take a game off of damn one um never say never man albus knox luna albus knox luna but that, they were still like one of the best teams in their region to go to work you know to make it to worlds i'm talking but no one thought they would beat the rocks tigers and they did and the rocks tigers were tournament favorites well <laughs> but i'm just saying that they weren't the they weren't the worst <laughs> team in the world in in, no, in no, the no. in the overall professional league, um, so it's uh, it's interesting. I I love League of Legends as an esport. I think you know that's that's the only reason I still play it occasionally is because of the esport. I've I stopped playing League daily years ago, but I always continued to follow the professional scene and find these tournaments so fun to watch. Following these storylines, and you know when you have a player like Double Lift from Team Liquid who's who's been in the scene since season one. Um, and playing competitively since season two, was that was that when he first started playing? Or was it season three? Uh, I think it was two. Yeah, you know, where because because he was support, right? Like he played support for. Yeah, he was originally a support for. for um, uh, did he play support for CLG? Yeah, I think it was CLG. He, yeah, yeah, because it was Chowster. Yes, that's right. And then they they swapped swapped roles because. Uh, Double F gave him all of his information to him. Yeah, because it's like just shoot. Things. Basically, Chowster played double lift. That was his pocket pick. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we just did a uh, 
one hour plus podcast and only barely mentioned CLG. Good job. Yeah, only barely. You know, I think before we close our League of Legends talk, what for you, what was the very first champion you played for your very first game of League of Legends? So the very first champion I played was, I'm pretty sure, Master Yi. Um, you would. <laughs> I would. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember... I remember two. Ch- so the 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 I played one game as Master Yi, and this was back before there were bot games or anything. So you just jumped in playing PvP, and yeah. I was a level one, and I got just, oh, it was not pretty. But what I what I remember doing was there was an an enemy Swain on the team on the enemy team that just felt so oppressive, and powerful and like he could just walk into anyone and kill them and so i i immediately bought swain i i spent the ten dollars and bought him and uh he's a fun champion. and he's i've always loved him ever since and the second champion that inspired absolute terror in me was an, an enemy twitch oh my god <laughs> that i'd be i was i was playing i think as swain because that i just started maining swain from that day I was playing and all of a sudden there was a rat next to me and I was dead. Like there was just like nothing I could, he was dead. I was dead. And then he'd disappear and go kill someone else on my team. It was terrifying. Um, Uh, The good old days. What about you, Carl? What was your first game? So the first, the very first game I played was not on my own account. Um, So I had created an account, but I went over to my friend's uh, house and they were they just started up a game and they just hit the champion select and he's like hey why don't you go play this game real quick i'm like okay and so i played on his account and i picked twisted fate and i played adtf and it was just like all right what looks good he goes well most people just spam trinity force and phantom dancers i'm like all right that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get trinity force and phantom dancers and i smashed face but I've had background in playing similar games and also the original Dota mod from back in the day. So yeah, I played a I little had bit experience of that. In that. You know, I actually you 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 reminded me the first champion I played on my account was Master Yi. Not the first champion I played because I also played it at a, on a friend's computer because um, I had told him about it because in that podcast they had mentioned that it was like uh, Defense of the Ancients and I had a friend who was super into Defense of the Ancients. I played it a little bit with him, but he got really into it. And so I told him about it before I ever played it. I said, hey, like this, there's this game from these people that's supposed to be like a better Defense of the Ancients, and it's free. And so I was over at his place, and uh, he had just started a game And he, when I got there, and he was like, oh, do you want to play? Like, do you want to sit down and try it out? I was like, oh, sure, okay. So I didn't get to pick it, but it was Gragas. And ah, uh, so I played Gragas mid and, you know, just kind of figured out what he did. Um, he, he did damage and ran into people. Yep, he ran into people and he threw <laughs> barrels. That was yes. that was what I took away from it. Um, and uh, some of my early favorites were, like, as I said, Swain. Uh, I got really into Gangplank. That was super fun. And micromanaging. He had an ability to deny minions, which no one else could do. Yeah. So you'd kill your own minion to give him a boost. 
Yeah, they fixed that after that season. They're like, okay, this is too good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, one of the one of the things that I think is really neat on my account is uh, if you played like ten PvP games in in season one, you were given the uh, Judgment Kale skin. Yep. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Kale was one of the first champions I played just because she was very cheap, and so I bought mm-hmm. her. Um, yeah. You know, I, I might have the... played her before Master Yi. I don't know. The, that first day, I, the champions I played, because it was the, in the free rotation, were uh, either Master Yi or Kale. Now, now I don't know which I played first. But so, but uh, funny thing and... you bring up free champion rotation, by the way, because I played on my account after playing on my friend's account. Mm-hmm. The next day, I was like, "Sweet, I'm gonna play Twisted Fate," because he was on free rotation good to go log in hop into a queue with uh with the guys and also then we're looking at the champions we're like we're switched to fate and we're like oh oh no it's thursday oh no they always did champion rotations on thursdays back then yeah and so i'm like ah uh, it was literally the next day i did log was able to log into my account so the first champion i played on my account was malzahar and yeah that that was a spicy game i, was just like, I bought oh. i bought him pretty early with uh my blue points and uh i got really good at him for a little bit yeah he he's a dirty guy he's especially when they updated his kit he just got even more disgusting definitely um but yeah the, i do remember the the three champions i played that first day were definitely kale master Yi and uh amumu those were those were the three Solid. I played on my first day, and and the more I say it, the more I think Kale was the first champion I played, and I think I had a really bad time because it wasn't at all what I expected, uh, mm-hmm. what she did, uh, and then I played Master Yi a few times because I liked him a lot more. I th- I thought I could I got I was able to wrap my head around his kit and what he was supposed to do, and uh, then I played a game as Amumu and, and was real bad. Uh, bandage toss is not something a new player should deal with because suddenly you're <laughs> under their turret and dead. That's what I remember was like. Oh, he was the OG Leona, man. <laughs> Once you're in, man, you're in. You are. That's absolutely accurate. So, so yeah, I'm pretty sure Kale. And, and, and so the reason I think Kale was my first champion that I played, now that I think about it, is uh, my girlfriend at the time was named Kaylee, but her name was spelled exactly like Kale. Um, uh, okay. K-A-Y-L-E and uh, and so I was like oh hey this is funny and cute so I played it and did yeah. real bad <laughs> and did real bad <laughs> but but that's I oh, think everyone's wow. first game of League of Legends is doing real bad I don't think anyone has a I mean I won my first three games so I mean I don't remember I mean I, I know I, I won in my first few games a couple times but uh, I did real bad I I I have some fun stories with uh, the guys I played with, such as they they were they were playing in their own queue, so I queued up by myself because they were we were desynced in our queues pretty much, and I was like I don't want to wait thirty minutes for their game to finish. Yeah. <laughs> so they would they went on like a huge losing streak. I was going on a huge winning streak. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> one of my one of my really good friends. Oh, you know him, Ryan. Um, oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, he I got him into the game, and he got way better than me really fast which is what he does in games and like he finished gold season one and uh it was uh a really really interesting experience playing with him because it was uh kind of like 
being it was like being carried but with like a coach because he just kind of tell you what to do and you do it mm -hmm. and because i played a lot of swain he would play kennen and we'd just like oh my go God. bot lane and build like spell vamp that's so dumb and he'd just like i'd like flash forward and turn into a bird and he would go in and stun everyone and the aoe damage would just kill kill our lane opponents and uh he just like i was literally i was double lift and he was chowster like he would tell me when to use my abilities and uh it was it would work out really well because he was much smarter than me and much better than me at, at the game like like i said he got he got the victorious jarvan skin that that's that first season which is which gold back then was much harder to get to than it is now in terms of because back then they didn't have the ranking well, systems it was just based yeah, yeah, on yeah. mmr and yeah. it was a lot harder to hit the mmr threshold at that point in time than it is now i was literally five points away in my mmr from hitting gold in that first season man five points i'm just like i just if i had motivated myself to play one more game i could have had it that's that's a shame uh, i've never been gold that's okay um, I didn't really get into ranked until season three, and uh, I I pretty much stayed yeah, at the top of silver same. throughout most of season three. Like I think I got in I I uh, my placements put me in silver three, and I finished in silver one. And yeah, that was that was. I was always pretty decent at the game. I think the lowest I ever got placed for my placements was silver two, but it, then I played one game and it was already in silver one. Um, so it's like, I've always been competent in the game. I've always been semi-mechanical for it. What is a and what's had, your role? What role do you play? Uh, so when I first did rank, I ch started with support uh, because I knew no one picked it back then. No one wanted to be a support bot back in seasons two and three. Um, but I primarily played mid and then top, um, and manage my own uh, myself in solo lanes i did the best when i was soloing uh, mid lane though yeah i always uh i started out as a, i played jungle in season three and uh since then i've transitioned over to support i am undefeated ranked in jungle i played one ranked jungle game and for some reason i ended up playing lee sin which is like the worst champion you should be starting yourself with if you don't main jungle <laughs> because then if you pick Lee Sin, people are like, oh, we have such high expectations of you. I'm like, let me set the level here. <laughs> this is literally this is literally my first game on Lee Sin, and for some reason it's a ranked game. Dude. Because you decided to take my role. <laughs> dude, I in uh in season three, I Jungle Diana, I carried on in my placements. Uh there is I think it was the last game in my placements I I played Diana and got a like we just had this fight broke out and i started getting the resets and i i think i got a quadra kill and they just forfeited after that like i got a quadra kill and our mid laner picked up the last kill or something we aced them and then we were pushing in into their base and they just all forfeit and i thought that was pretty badass <laughs> um but then jungle just jungle kept changing way too much for me to keep up with it and it was like mm -hmm for the next two seasons i had to keep relearning how to jungle because everything changed the items changed the camps changed experience changed 
And then I was like, you know what? I can pretty much play the same thing as support and still have the presence I want to have and play the way I want to play, which is I don't like last hitting. I don't like that kind of mechanical play style of min-maxing my how I push waves and everything. I'd, I'd much rather just support the team. And mm -hmm. so support became my main role. Okay. So... Man, we spent a lot of time on this. Yes, we have. <laughs> it's been uh, it's a good topic. It's fun, and you and I both like it a lot. So I think that's, you know, that's fair, right? Yeah. Um, we'll probably revisit this again as we always tend to think about as we get to the end of these episodes. Like, you know what? We can come back to this topic. Yeah, I mean that's the great it's that's easy. the great thing about this show is we just geek out about whatever we feel like geeking out about. Last week was music. Today it's League of Legends. So that's the show, everyone. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, where we're at CRGeekOut, and find us on Facebook. Questions, comments, and episode requests can be sent to CRGeekOut at gmail.com. Please send us episode requests if you have anything you want to hear about. Because we can probably geek out about it, or pretend to. I'm good at pretending. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you guys have a great rest of your day, week, month, year, life. Uh, I'm Robin. I'm Carl. See ya. Good night. We are the geeks. <laughs>